indescribable podcast Adam, Todd, and Lindy Host one indescribable podcast They'll recap CXG On one indescribable podcast They'll share their points of view And in this one season, one is done So we look back on the journeys Of all of our favorite characters And some not-so-favorites And in Todd's Game Corner It's time to break the tie Now on to your favorite podcast Where we bring all of our hot takes For you Yes, we're here. It's happening. Uh, welcome to one indescribable podcast where we are here today, not talking about an episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, not just one episode today. We are talking about all of season one. We're not going to go beat by beat. We're not going to go storyline by storyline, but we're going to talk about all of our feelings, some of our feelings, I suppose, about season one in total. We're going to talk through some of the characters. We're going to talk through some of the songs. Um, and of course, we're going to resolve the great dispute of the year, the century, dare I say, between Adam and Lindy on the game this week. That's what's in store for you today here at One Indescribable Podcast. I'm Adam H. as always, and joining me today for this very special bonus episode here between seasons one and season two, the aforementioned Lindy, TV Lindy, how are you? Hi, I am truly happy to be here. So excited. This is going to be a really, really exciting podcast, no matter what happens. Well, okay. Already hedging a little bit there. That's uh, interesting. Noted. I meant um, interesting for the people listening. <laughs> uh, I'm excited. There's no pressure at all here, except I am like feeling a lot of pressure, but it's fine. Um, I'm already nervous. Like me I am, too. Yeah, my heart's beating. I'm starting. I'm like sweating a little bit. I'm like, oh my mm -hmm. gosh. And we're like a minute into this thing, so uh, that's that's great. <laughs> um, also with us here, the one that is putting us through this torture, the one responsible for all of the pain, but also one of our very very good friends, Todd the Librarian. Todd, how are you? I was about to say, I don't know why you guys are nervous. I feel fine. And I do want to remind both of you that it was your decision to make it competitive. Like, you can put it on me all you want, but you guys are like, oh, no, we want to compete. We want to have a winner. So We I did talk about that early, right? We did talk about potentially doing some sort of, like, cooperative type uh, yeah. beat the game type situation. I never even considered that for a second. Like, <laughs> a, competing might be nerve-wracking, but to me, it's a lot more fun. <laughs> I oh, yeah. would have been down, Lindy. I would have been very okay. In fact, I might have actually been the one to suggest that we do something cooperative. Uh, I, and I like remember you game. being very pro competition. I remember you. Oh, oh, being, don't get me wrong. Very, uh, of course, yeah. I'm. I'm. You know, of course, I'm very pro competition. But yeah. uh, Todd I, is but, setting the record straight. Yeah. <laughs> see, I, I remember because we came in like, okay, how do you want to do this? We can like cooperative. You're both like, oh, we're competing. Like, 
already thin, so we're going to be competing. Tonight. It felt very natural. So today we are going to resolve it. Notably, over the course of the 18 episodes that we covered this season, we played 18 games. And somehow, we went 9 and 9. We each won 9 of the games. You could not script it better if you had to. Lindy, we're just so evenly matched. Like, uh, there's nothing that can, like, separate it. It's insane. We both have an impressive knowledge of really random mm -hmm. trivia that Todd makes up for us. <laughs> well, you're Which, both really good guessers, or really bad guessers equally, one or the other. So. We're able to guess, you know, based on based on how well we know Todd and what kind of answers he would make up. And then we're also wrong a lot of the time. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, okay, we'll talk about the game more when we actually get to the game. I have a few other questions that I want to go through before we uh, even start that. But before we do any of that, well, the, the format that we're going to do here today, we have a couple different segments. The first is we're going to be going through our list of truly happy points, lowest to highest, and talking through the characters, how we rated them, how many points they got, sort of why we think they got that many points versus why not less, why not more. Uh, maybe a little bit of their story in season one, maybe a little bit of foreshadowing towards season two and beyond. We'll see. Um, but that's how we're going to start off the episode. Then we're going to talk through the songs. Then we're going to play the game. Then we're going to get out of here. So to start off, Lindy, take us through the characters. Right. Yeah. So we're starting with the characters. And what we're going to do, like Adam said, is start with the people who got the least amount of truly happy points and work our way up to the people who made us the happiest. So, of course, we have to start out with the people who received zero points this entire season. Now, technically, that would be every single character that showed up that didn't get a point. But I think we'll talk about the biggest ones. Uh, so the ones on our list are notably Josh, <laughs> um, Valencia, and we also have Hector. Um, and then if there's anyone else that pops out to you that got zero points, like we can definitely go through that. But let's just start with an easy one. Hector, I just feel like he didn't have a super, you know, large presence in this season. I mean, he was there. We know who he is. But, you know, he gave some really bad advice to Greg. He overslept for the beach trip. So Hector just didn't have a great season overall. There was like no point where Hector was in a scene and I was like, Hector is making this scene better. <laughs> it just like never happened ever in the whole season. I don't think I like hate him as a character. We'll see kind of how he progresses forward, but I don't anticipate Heather or Hector getting a lot of uh, truly happy points. No, uh, me either. I think Hector improves over the course of the series, but that's not saying a whole lot from where he started out. Uh, I think for the at best Hector has been inoffensive and at worst he's been offensive so I, it's not surprising to me that Hector doesn't have any points and honestly I just added him to the potential list towards the end of the list like oh yeah Hector is going to be around for the long haul so I feel like he should be there just as a potential so if someone does do it then my little algorithm can grab the points without me having to remember to do it later but yeah I don't really have a whole lot to say about Hector right now, except for the fact that I did discover he's one of the few characters who never gets a last name, apparently. Like, pretty much every other character gets a last name over the course of the series, but Hector never does. That's because I was looking thing up uh, on the the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend wiki earlier today and noticed that he does not get a last name. Like, everyone else is listed as, you know, 
you know, Josh Chan, Josh Wilson, AKA White Josh, Greg Serrano, and Hector. I'm like, wait a second. So I think it's kind of fitting that the the guy with no last name gets zero points at this point. So that's Hector. And then we've got two main characters who we never gave a point to. So let's start out with Valencia. Valencia obviously had a lot of big moments this season. I know Adam like threatened to give her points at one point, but didn't actually do it. So Adam, what are your overall thoughts on Valencia this season? Uh, boy, threatened feels like the wrong word when we're talking <laughs> about truly happy. It. Sorry, uh, I did. <laughs> I did a couple of times. I think that I, um, I think that I'm probably a little bit more sympathetic to Valencia this season than a lot of others are, and there's probably a lot of reasons for that that are completely unrelated to the show itself. That being said, I do think that like. Uh, while she didn't have an amazing showing this season, clearly zero truly happy points. Um, I think that her character like started off in a really tough spot and like took until the end of the season to even remotely get out of that tough spot. And so we like had a lot of gripes with her about who she was, what she did, sort of like how she acted for sure. Um, but there were certainly points along the season where Valencia did make me truly happy, despite, you know, not ultimately earning her an overall point. But I think that Valencia is probably on my list of underrated characters. And unlike the others, again, I, you know, without like spoiling too much here, I do anticipate Valencia getting truly happy points going forward. Yeah, I agree with that That last bit. I think that moving forward, Valencia definitely has potential to get truly happy points in the future. I don't know if there is really a single moment in this season where Valencia made me even remotely happy. I I agree that there are you know more shades to her character and that you know she deserves sympathy for for a lot of what Josh does to her. But I just feel like with Josh and Valencia, they're they're both kind of awful in this season in a lot of ways. And there's no, you can. I have sympathy for Valencia because she is treated horribly by Josh's family. Like everything that Rebecca does to her when they first meet is pretty bad. Like she's getting manipulated by Paula constantly. She can't even control her own yoga schedules because of Paula. You know, I agree. There's a lot of things to be sympathetic for Valencia about, but Valencia also has brought about a lot of stuff on herself. Not all of that. I'm not saying she deserves a lot of what happened, but just. The, the relationship that Josh and Lindsay are is so toxic on both of their ends. They both are, they both should have called the off a long time earlier. And I think as long as she's in this kind of toxic relationship where she's as bad for Josh as Josh is bad for her, and they do equally, you know, maybe not equally, but they both do horrible stuff to each other. Uh, hers is more the controlling uh, type side of things. It's really hard for me to, to feel that sympathetic for i feel some sympathy for but that watching how she treats josh and how she treats the relationship is more of a trophy than anything else it seems like at times makes her a lot harder to feel sympathy for even though there are those flashes especially in her first appearance i mean honestly in her first appearance with rebecca never she has the whole scene about how she never had girlfriends and then rebecca basically ruins all of that it's easy to see why valencia is so hurt and lashes out rebecca constantly after that so again there's some sympathy but there's just a lot there that just i can't sympathize with her 100 percent. yeah i definitely agree with todd on this sorry adam but i just i 
I do not connect with Valencia in this season, just the way that she behaves. It's frustrating. And yes, like Todd said, you can have sympathy for her in certain situations, but she is clearly just not making me happy at all in this season. And I would say that the closest is in that beginning part where Rebecca is trying to befriend her and they go to spiders. Like that's probably the point at which I like Valencia the most in season one. And I am very excited to go forward. Um, but season one, Valencia is just not not a happy character. All right. So then let's move on to our last zero point uh, <laughs> person. And that is none other than Josh Chan, Joshua Felix Chan. And I think that our feelings on Josh are extremely clear. Um Adam <laughs> has strong <laughs> thoughts, which he can get into. And I feel like I'm always trying to just see the other side just because it's fun to argue. But <laughs> let's start with Todd. Like, Todd, how do you feel about Josh over the season? Oh, Joshua Felix Chan. Um, Josh is a dodo. I think that's I think that's probably the place where like I, I think Adam tends to see a lot more malice. In, in what Josh does, or a lot more, uh, you know, having trouble finding intentionality. Intentionality. Think, right? there. Yeah. 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 Whereas I just see Josh more often than not just being a dummy who is oblivious and doesn't think through his actions at all. Uh, I think that kind of changes towards the end a little bit. But even though I think he's a dummy who doesn't necessarily mean badly it doesn't change the fact that what he does affects people in a negative light uh the everything with him and valencia is just bad just everything with him and valencia is bad everything with him and greg is bad how he treats his friends isn't great most of the time how he treats uh especially at the end of the season everything with him uh, going after Greg and Rebecca's relationship, that's a really bad look, especially while he's still in a relationship with Valencia. I don't think that, I think it's because he's dumb and confused and doesn't understand his feelings. And because of that, because he is a dodo who just kind of stumbles through life and is constantly causing problems around him because of that, to a certain degree, he is why he never made me truly happy. <laughs> so like Todd said, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know if malice is like the right word. I, I do think it's like very much intentionality of the things that he is doing. Like you said, are having very hurtful effects on other people. And he is like very much harming others. And I, you know, I don't get a lot of mileage out of the idea that like someone is unintelligent and like, I, and I, you're not saying this, but like, I, I think that sometimes the vibe can be like someone is so unintelligent or unaware that they like don't take responsibility for those actions or like aren't aware that those actions are harming other people. And that like doesn't do a lot for me. And so while I like certainly am ascribing these things to Josh, they're like his actions and he is the one that's doing them. He is the one that is like, being Josh Chan in all of these scenes uh, that we're like having real problems with. Um, I do think, and, and I, we talked about this a little bit before, there were two times the season where I actually nearly gave a truly happy point to Josh. Uh, 
because I think that there was just like a few instances where if he had made slightly different choices, I, I would have been much more on board with him. When he had that kiss with Rebecca, I loved it. We all remember that moment where I came in here and was super <laughs> high on that scene. I couldn't believe it. I loved it. But then, of course, he just goes right back to Valencia and completely shuts down Rebecca. Like, uh, it's right there in front of you, Josh. Just like, <laughs> just take it. And then even in that final episode, if he would have been the one to break things off with Valencia, if he wouldn't have been such a jerk to Greg and, you know, actually told Rebecca how he feels and like made adult decisions with adult conversations. I know, Adam, it's Josh. But. If he would have done those things, I would have been very much all in on him, but it didn't, but he didn't. And so I don't know, just like time after time, he kept making choices that even if he wasn't aware or wasn't intelligent enough to know that those choices were harmful to other people, they still were. And so I struggled. Uh, I, Josh really did not make me happy this, this season. I think I had a lot of the same frustrations that you two did. It's just that you were always quicker to bring them up and call Josh an idiot. And I just felt bad piling on to that. So I tried to find some sort of silver lining to be like, well, you know, um, but I think there were some smaller moments that we didn't like, you didn't really have to, you know, insult him so much for like the whole, like bringing Skittles to the courthouse. Like, come on, that was just funny. Like <laughs> we don't need to like, have a negative opinion of Josh for that. So I just, you know, I like to give him a chance. And yes, a lot of his actions did really frustrate me, especially his relationship with Valencia. But again, that was both of them. Both of them should have broken that off so long ago, but they finally got there. And that's our season one, you know, overview. Like season one is over and they finally broke up. So season two is going to be a whole new world here. Will I be giving truly happy points to Josh? We don't we'll know. See. We'll see. What's your guys' prediction? Do you think I will? I think by the end of the show, I think you'll have given him one. I'm, okay. Just a prediction. Okay. I can think that there's one, like, I recently binged seasons two through four uh, after we got done with season one. I couldn't help myself. And I can think of a couple of instances where I was like, okay, this episode possibly Josh could get a truly happy point. Maybe. Uh, I think there are some some instances that could possibly get you to go, yeah, but we'll okay. see. So you both you both are like high on the idea of potentially me giving a truly happy point to Josh. Interesting. I okay. Think, I think high is overselling a uh, my stance on it, but I think it's I think it's possible. I think I think it's definitely possible. Okay. I think over the course of the next three seasons, I think there are definitely some instances that could could lend itself but i also wouldn't be surprised if you never gave him one okay it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility it almost happened this season but exactly um yeah it's possible it's certainly possible i think it might happen but we'll get there um so that was going to be all of our zero point getters but i see in the middle of that conversation someone one of you added another name to the list uh five yeah. <laughs> yeah i figured this uh fb He's like the only other like major character this season I could think of that we hadn't really uh, covered and put it in there. And he's going to show up quite a bit more over the next next three seasons. So I just just wanted to quickly put him in there as someone that I, uh, I think we all we've talked this bit. I don't think we need to get into it very much, but you know, I think we all have like good fond memories of Father Bra, and then this season most of us were like pretty down on him. So. 
I just think it's interesting to bring him into the conversation here as someone who got zero points with the notion that maybe as the series goes on, that might change. Maybe not. I don't know if he ever plays a major enough part to make anyone truly happy, but I do think that over the course of the series after this point, and we even started to see a bit of it in his last appearance where he like gave Josh good advice. And we're like, oh, well, Father Brawl actually didn't annoy us this time. He actually like gave good advice and things were positive. So I just thought it was interesting to, to bring him in as someone who... Didn't have a great showing this season, but there's a possibility that he might, uh, his stock may rise in the future. So I just wanted to throw him in there real quick. And I also want to say, I discovered that the actor who plays him is married to a uh, Brigga Helen, who we talked about before from a uh, oh, Good News and from the Text Emergency song. They're actually married in real life, which actually, I did not Actually, great realize, news. <laughs> great news. That's right. Sorry. Better than whatever uh, ad name Adam thought it was whenever we talked Adam about thought, okay we were talking last week and adam thought we that right the now? morning show and great news were the same thing and it was a very confusing conversation let me tell you yeah we were <laughs> all confused right <laughs> all of us were uh yeah very... but anyway i just found out that that trivia that they're actually married in real life so i was like oh wow so i just wanted to throw that out there so Awesome. All right. So that's all of our zero point getters. I mean, obviously, anyone else who was in the show who didn't get a point would also be on that list. But I don't think we need to go through every single person. But I'm sure there are people not on this list who will show up in the future. You know, Maya, she was in here for one episode. She, you know, maybe George. George is here for an episode. There we go. Will we see George on the list? I don't, I don't know we'll see what happens but anyway, <laughs> we'll see yeah we'll see okay those we'll are the zeros season one um so now we have probably the most interesting category this is everyone <laughs> or every object uh <laughs> that got one point so this isn't this is an interesting group there's four um on the list and those are dr copian karen madison and infamously the table infamously <laughs> infamously the infamously. table yeah I adam think gave a point to an inanimate object instead of any of the actual human characters that were in that particular episode so Correct. let's start with the table adam break it down for us what was your season one overall thoughts on the table <laughs> uh, my season one overall thoughts on the table was that that table was a perfect representation of why the relationship between Josh and Valencia was terrible and why it needed to end. That being said, the episode that the table was featured in, uh, I believe it was episode seven, we were very down on that episode. I was, I, at least personally, I, I guess I won't speak for both of you, but like I was very down on that episode. I did not think it was a strong episode at all probably the worst of season one potentially the worst of the series i was trying to find some modicum of goodness within this episode when everyone was making decisions that i couldn't stand everyone was saying things that were so annoying and so frustrating and all i could find was this thing that didn't say anything or do anything but rather was a symbol of something greater and so the table ended up with a point I don't know if I agree about the table's journey. I feel like the table's journey over the season like really went downhill. Like almost they became a non-entity after that one episode. So uh... I like to think that that table is still out there somewhere, doing bigger and better things. After I got returned because it wasn't. After a table. I got... <laughs> 
man. All right. So that's our season one, you know, summary of the tables uh, <laughs> arc, you know. Let's move on to the people. So also in the one point category, we have Karen. I believe this was the episode where she was raising money for her pet snake. Correct? Actually, actually, it wasn't. Uh, I was trying to remember what it was because this but this that was like her one of her first appearance that was the i'm a good person episode because rebecca writes her a check for it and this is not the episode with i'm a good person because we would have been much higher on the episode with that song uh, on it so i was looking at it and i honestly don't remember what karen's storyline is in the season her stakes may have come up again i don't remember for sure all i know is much like with adam i was struggling really hard to find a single person in this episode that i enjoyed the decisions they were making it was a really rough episode for a lot of reasons and i think karen made me laugh karen with her betting in with inappropriate stories and inappropriate comments and just being karen made me laugh so that's why i gave her a point in this episode just because she was the only character who didn't annoy the crap out of me and made me laugh in this one episode so i guess like overall for a season i just feel like karen is a fun background comedic character she doesn't really have anything major going on she just pops in to drop off these one-liners be annoying get yelled at you know she's just someone to pop up to be kind of quirky and weird like some of the other people in the office so i don't know there's a whole lot to say about karen other than she just more often than not she makes me laugh for reference in this episode where todd chose karen and adam chose the table i chose rebecca so <laughs> there was there were some redeeming moments for the main characters at least rebecca in my mind that's where she stopped she ran in to stop paula from hooking up with calvin you know she was not feeling well she was like on the ground and she heard that paula was about to make a a bad decision and she got up and ran to go help her so that i chose rebecca for that episode i think that was a viable option it's also the episode where rebecca is self-medicating and taking pills that she found in the middle of a drawer and hallucinating dr phil and everything so yeah rebecca had a redeeming moment at the end but i think her decisions up until that redeeming moment were enough where i couldn't say that she made me Truly happy. This is not the Rebecca section. We'll get there. It's not. Speak, so, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. Um, so another person who got one point was Madison. And that was from me. And that was because uh, Madison is Gerald's daughter, if anyone forgot. So um, she has these pet snails. And she named them after pop stars with, like, snail puns. Like, Iggy Snailia or Snailer Swift. Like, they're just so cute and funny. So, Madison, Madison is just great. She has no downsides as a character, right? Agreed. She's a kid. I feel like it'd be a weird storyline to give yeah. her some downsides. But I mean, she was left alone and didn't burn the house down, even though she was playing with the gas stove. So that's, I guess, a positive. She thing. was the topic of probably one of my least favorite songs of the whole season. So <laughs> uh, is that a downside? That's probably. Well, that's not her fault. She wasn't involved. <laughs> okay. In okay. It. okay. All right. And then our final person who got one point is Dr. Copian. So, Adam, what are your overall thoughts on Dr. Copian in season one? I really liked Dr. Copian. Uh I think that this she's definitely one of the people that will come back later that gets more points in my mind. I don't even think I was the one that gave her a point this season. Um, I think I was probably pretty close that episode uh, on the plane. But 
Um, I really like her. She's going to have like some great moments in upcoming seasons. She's going to be a bigger part of the overall story. And I think we were like seeing the seeds planted of this season of the work that she's going to do later on. So uh, I'm excited to see it happen. I like Dr. Copian and I do enjoy that. Like she is trying really hard to help Rebecca. And at times when Rebecca is like willing to be helped is really effective. But also you can so clearly see her being exasperated by Rebecca's shenanigans. And so it's, it's really relatable because I feel like if the audience was like in the world of this show, like a lot of us would probably feel like Dr. Jacobian feels like, why is she doing this? Oh my goodness. Come on. You know? Yeah, and I was the one who gave Dr. Copian, or more accurately, Dream Ghost version of Dr. Copian, a point in that episode. Yeah, I I love Dr. Copian. Like Lindy said, like her exasperation with Rebecca while still struggling to help her is just such a great character beat. And I gave her the point in that episode because I loved the chance for her to like, to sing and show up her stuff, just how goofy she was in the dream ghost song. I just love seeing this like kind of other side of her and just her being the vehicle for Rebecca's uh, self-realizations was like really, really neat vehicle for her. So that's the reason I gave her the point in that episode. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to talking more about Dr. Copian as the series progresses, because like Adam said, I think they're definitely going to be, more interactions between her and Rebecca as we move forward. I think it'd be like more opportunities for us to to possibly see her make us truly happy. And this season, we only got a, like barely scratched the surface. And the most we got out of her at any point in time wasn't even technically her. You know, that whole episode was pretty much just in Rebecca's head based off of the little bit we had seen of Dr. Copian beforehand. But I mean, she didn't have Rebecca arrested after Rebecca broke into her house through a doggy door. So that's got to count for something. All right, so that was everyone who got one point. And now we'll move on. We do have one person who received two truly happy points, and that was Scott, Paula's husband. And I believe those two points came from one from Adam and one from Todd. So, Adam, why'd you give that point to Scott? How did you feel about his journey? Uh, I love I love Scott. I love Scott a lot. I'm, of course, like a sucker for any barbershop quartet content that you're willing to give me. So I will <laughs> take all of that. Um but I believe it was the episode where Scott threw a rock through Rebecca's back door. A very hotly contested episode here at One Indescribable Podcast <laughs> as to who uh, who my true friends are. But uh, I loved that moment for Scott in terms of like, you know, overcoming his whole thing, like fixing the marriage, becoming more in line with Paula, doing some like crazy things together. I loved it, uh, especially because of like where we saw them at the start for how broken and sort of disjointed that marriage was versus like the progression to now where we are seeing it in a much better spot. So I, I love Scott. I was very willing to give him the point in that episode. We didn't see him enough in other episodes for me to like, even consider giving him points, but like we did in that episode and he, he earned it. Yeah. Uh, like I think Adam nailed most of it. Like before the episode, Scott was, just a symbol of Paula's failing marriage and he seemed to be very disinterested in her and caught up in his own world and then with this episode as they start to try and like repair their marriage it's maybe the first time you really get to see him show an interest and not just be this oblivious person someone who's like he's actually someone who is like okay no something's wrong I want to fix it and then by the end of the episode after he throws the rock through the window and 
Paulo tells him everything and he finds that he's actually listening to her and he's actually interested in what she's telling and they're able to bond over stuff. And for the rest of the season we see, I'm like, they're, they're a team again and they're together as a team. But this was the episode where that happened, where they finally came together. And so that's why this episode is where Scott got the point. But I think the journey for Scott over the course of the season was definitely like an upward trajectory one. The Scott, when we first met him, was not someone that I would have conceived giving a, a truly happy point to. But by the end of this, the season, Scott's definitely someone like, okay, yeah, now he and Paula are a team. And I'm excited to talk about their relationship moving forward. Awesome. Okay, so now we have a big jump in the point values. So the next amount of points is seven and we had two people who received seven truly happy points in season one and those were heather and white josh and so let's start with heather uh i think all of us here love heather so much and she definitely deserved all those points i wish she had gotten more but it's just she didn't have as much content as a lot of the other main characters. And so I feel like she got the appropriate amount of points for like how often she was featured in these episodes, just because every time she shows up, just she is delivering like something funny, something insightful, just amazing. Todd, I know you are like the number one, like the president of the Heather fan club. So give me your thoughts on Heather. Yeah, I think it's funny, like, probably my two favorite characters across the series are tied here at, at seven points apiece. I, I love, I love Heather. And like you said, she delivers every time she shows up, but she doesn't show up as much as I had remembered across this season. There are, like, huge stretches of episodes, like, okay, there's just, we got no Heather or minimal Heather in this. Especially for someone who's in the opening credits of the show. You know, it's one thing if you're someone like, you know, White Josh, who is like, okay, yeah, he's not in opening credits. He pops up here and there, but Heather's in the opening credits. The mid-opening credits from like, you know, episode two, but they didn't even show up for a few episodes after that. So uh, they did not fully utilize Heather this season, which is my only complaint about Heather this season is she was not utilized as much as she should have been utilized. But every time she was on, she was great. She's the observer who is calling things out. She loves the drama, you know, and is using all of her copious school learning to uh, comment on things from her eight years in community college. She's just hilarious, whether it's her like just quitting by yelling out, I quit in the middle of the mall and not caring who knows it to how she uh, dealt with the breakup with Greg. There were parts of it that weren't great, but she just was hilarious every time she's on screen and i love heather so much it's it's uh it's really interesting todd i think you nailed it of like they totally underutilized heather here and i think they like learned that lesson going forward i fully expect heather to get a lot more truly happy points in the next couple of seasons um notably she got seven as did white josh i'm gonna group them together a little bit here because i only gave each of them one of those seven interesting which is like surprising me now that i'm like going back and looking through it because i love heather and i love white josh i've been like super high on white josh also perhaps a little bit interesting the point that i gave heather was an episode that neither of you gave a point to heather <laughs> uh it was her episode with melissa on the party bus so um just like something little in a little interesting to note i do remember a lot of times this season i i feel like i said this so many times of like 
man, I, I almost gave it to Heather or I almost gave it to White Josh, but instead there was this other character, probably Daryl, that I gave it to <laughs> instead. Um, and so, I, you know, I love both of them. I'm, I'm super stoked to see where they go, um, you know, from here. I, I guess I wanted to see either more of Heather or less of Heather in this season. The answer was more of Heather, but like story-wise, I think that we also could have done the other way and not given her quite as much. She sort of had this like, weird middle role of like how involved is she and what's going on um but i'm excited to see her going forward and i fully expect her to be pretty close to the top of the list the next couple of seasons interestingly from a quick glance at our chart uh adam gave each of them one point i gave each of them two and todd gave each of them three and then we had a guest at one point, give one to Heather and one to White Josh. So that's how the, they ended up with seven. Um, but yes, well said. We always want more Heather. And I'm excited to get more of her in season two. All right. So now our other person who got seven points, White Josh. All right. I guess I'll start. I love White Josh. That's not a secret. I feel like every time he showed up this season, I was like, oh, my gosh. So cute. It's White Josh and Daryl. I feel like obviously... He's really linked with Daryl at this point. Um, I think a lot of the scenes have involved him, you know, showing up for Daryl or Daryl, you know, expressing his feelings to him. And then the season ended with White Josh, you know, grabbing Daryl's hand at the wedding, which is just such a sweet moment. And so I just felt so positively about White Josh this whole time. Yeah, I think, you know, like I said before, uh, I'm like super high on White Josh. I love all of his stuff with Daryl. Um, and we'll see how it goes going forward. I, unlike Heather, I don't anticipate White Josh being near the top of the board in the future seasons. Uh, I'm basing that off of absolutely nothing, though. So I, I, I really don't know. We'll have to see going forward. I don't know if you guys feel differently. No, I mean, again, I love White Josh. White Josh is one of my favorite characters on the show. And even now, like, we still haven't seen the final form of White Josh. In the first season, he's still like, I can, when we get to next season, I will be able to pinpoint the moment, like, okay, this is where White Josh is the White Josh that I truly love, like, 100%. And at this point, it took a little while for White Josh to come into his own. Initially, he was just kind of like, oh, the guy who takes his shirt off a lot. He talks about working out all the time. And he had some funny lines here and there, but a, uh, you didn't really get to see the snarky side of him yet, the judgy side of him yet, which a, uh, started to come out as the season went along. And then the season where he got his, or the episode where he got his first points was he actually got this first points of the season from Adam and myself in the same episode. And that was a, uh, trying, oh, that was the, the party episode, the, uh, the, the fight episode whenever where he a, kisses Daryl yeah where he kisses Daryl you know and but that's the episode where we finally get to see a little bit more personality out of him other than just the guy who works out all the time you know and that's where we really start to see a little bit more of his personality evolve but to Adam's question about if he's going to be towards the top as it goes forward even though I love what Josh I don't think so because even though he gets featured quite a bit moving forward he's never featured as much as a lot of the other characters. So I think whenever he is featured, there's a lot of gold there. But I just don't think I think it's going to be kind of a situation like Heather now, where I think he's gold whenever he does show up, but he does not get featured anywhere near as much moving forward. So I don't really I see him getting more points, but I don't see him like topping topping the uh, the leaderboard at all. 
Speaking of the top of the leaderboard, we're getting there for season one. So we've got four people left who received points. And it's funny because they're all separated by one point. Uh, So our next person got eight points and we'll go all the way up to 11. So it's a little funny. They're all they're all not quite on the same level. So our first person is fittingly Daryl. Daryl got eight points from us and he had quite an interesting journey this season. So, Adam, what are your overall thoughts? Yeah, I feel very responsible for Daryl being at the top of this list. Uh, Half of those points are from me. Um, He had a tough start to the season. I think, like, we were all incredibly down on him, and I think a little bit confused, or at least I was right at the start. It was like, oh, man. Like, Daryl, this is brutal. Like, what is this? This is not the Daryl I know from this show. Um, And then luckily, I think pretty quickly we got away from a lot of that. And we shifted, uh, you know, more towards the Daryl that we know. And I think finally by the end of the season, once we see him more interacting with White Josh, once we get like a true Daryl storyline that's not creepy singing to his daughter, uh, it it improves so much. And I really love Daryl. I will love Daryl going forward. Um his like genuine love and genuine friendship for Rebecca and Paula and all of his coworkers is like really endearing to me. Um, He is probably not an amazing boss, but he's like certainly the boss that I would want to have. So uh, I, I really love Daryl. Daryl is so funny. I completely agree with what you just said about it's so endearing the way that he like wants thinks he's best friends with Paula and like says that Rebecca and Paula's friendship inspires him and you know he wants to go on that beach trip and he shows up with this homemade bean dip and then his whole storyline of realizing that he's bisexual and his amazing song that goes along with that I just think Daryl just had such a great journey throughout this season and I just he did make me truly happy a lot of times that he showed up on the screen, especially as the season went along. And Todd, how did you feel about Daryl's season one journey? It's funny because I'm looking at my scores and I only, I only gave Daryl one truly happy point over the course of the season, which I mean, I I do love Daryl. I do. I think it's kind of like Adam's comment about Heather is like, Heather, like, Oh, there's love Heather, but there's just this one other character that was just slightly more. And I think for Daryl, that's, that's it with me a lot of time. Like, yeah, I love Daryl, but there's one other character who just slightly edges it out. I think a lot of time Daryl's awkwardness kind of makes me squirm a little bit. And I think that might be one of the things that like dings him a little bit and make me truly happy. Uh, even though I love him, sometimes the awkward like like talking about his uh, sexual preferences in a work meeting was one of the like, oh, Daryl, why are you doing this? I'm as uncomfortable as everyone else in the office is right now. Uh, but yeah. Like to go to Adam's other point, like the beginning of the series, like that first episode, especially the first episode, I was like, wow. Cause there were just like a lot of like racially insensitive comments coming from Daryl in that first episode. That was basically his personality in the first episode was clueless, racially insensitive guy. And it went away really quickly. Like we barely got anything like that after that first episode. And so he had a pretty steep climb after that. So yeah, I, I love Daryl his journey to see that you get to know him better uh, is great. But I think just for me personally, that just enough times where I'm just like, Oh, Daryl, why'd you say that? Oh, Daryl, why'd you do that? That kind of keeps him out of making my truly happy as much as made Adams truly happy. 
All right, now we're moving on to our top three point getters. All right, so coming in third place with nine points is Greg. And wow, Greg is quite a character. I feel like he had a very interesting season. He had some episodes we were really excited about him, some episodes where we were like, Greg, what are you doing? So Todd, how did you feel about Greg, you know, overall? I love Greg. I've always loved Greg. Greg was like the show started. I, I'm typically I'm not a big shipper. Like never watch shows like this. I half the time I can't couldn't care less. I know who the people wind up with, or more often it's more like oh I don't want her to wind up with this one person, but I don't care who else she winds up with. But I wanted I wanted Rebecca and Josh. Not I wanted Rebecca and Greg to work out <laughs> so much. I wanted Rebecca and Josh. I wanted Rebecca Easy and Josh to time. never come near each other again. But I wanted Rebecca and Greg to work out. I love whenever their relationship is working, it is beautiful. Whenever they get out of their own ways and just are themselves around each other, just they they fit so well. Whenever they just drop all of the obsessiveness or the self-critical thinking and all the self-sabotage and they just are with each other and being funny with each other and enjoying each other they're both smart and a little sarcastic and a little dark and they just fit together so well and i love their relationship when it works but unfortunately rebecca is obsessed with josh and greg does self-sabotage and so that last episode, we talked about a lot, but that that season finale is brutal. As a Greg fan, that season finale is brutal because you just watch him spiral, watch him do everything you don't want him to do. But at the same time, it feels real because you've seen him freak out before with, with, with his Heather relationship. You've seen him kind of self-sabotage and let his doubts ruin things for him before. So it's brutal, but also kind of makes sense. And you kind of feel for him. You also get pissed at him. It's like a really complicated feelings for Greg and his journeys. I love Greg and Greg drives me crazy at the same time. Yeah. I So just like keep, I keep going back to our list here of like, you know, who gave the, gave the points and I'm also responsible for about half of the Greg points. Uh, I am just like Todd. I absolutely love Greg so much. Um, you know, like, like he said, that last episode was absolutely brutal, but I think that there were just like so many moments and so much context in this first season with Greg that we got to see that I think went a little bit underreported. And I think like all of the stuff with his dad uh, was like a, a major thing for him sort of weighing down the whole season and weighing down his whole arc, the way that he feels not only about himself, uh, but about his whole situation. Um, I thought that Greg was like a very relatable character, but then also like a very funny character. He had like some of the most amazing lines of the whole season. And, you know, even more notably, he had some of the most amazing songs of the season too. And so, uh, you know, we'll talk about songs here in just a second, but uh, I really loved Greg this whole season. And so uh, I feel very good about him being in the top three of this truly happy. One thing I want to point out real quick, looking at before Lindy, Lindy talks about her thoughts on Greg, I just want to point out that Greg got eight of his nine points in the first six episodes of the season, which is kind of wild, but like all the majority, like all but one point uh, that came from me like towards the end, but all but one point for Greg came in those first six episodes. So I think that's kind of an interesting thing to see. Like he was in the lead in the truly happy points for a while there at the beginning. And then his 
character really kind of dropped off the map in the series a little bit. And it's just kind of interesting to see like the ups and downs of how happy Greg truly made us. That's a good point. Yeah. In the beginning of the season, Greg is really present. You know, he and Rebecca are hitting it off. He's so into her. She's just there for Josh. And I think it's really exciting to have him there. And in the middle of the season, you know, he's dating Heather and he's not as present with Rebecca. And then by the end of the season, I mean, we're all fans of Greg. So obviously we're all really excited at the end of the season when they have that amazing moment. And Greg is like three days of just ruining each other. I will never get over that little speech there. But and that's just the best. And then they have this episode, you know, where they're together and it's amazing. But then it just it just goes downhill so quickly in the finale. Like Todd said, it is brutal to watch when you are rooting for Greg. And so he does have a lot of ups and downs. I don't think, I think I gave him like two points in the season. I thought I would end up giving more because I've always really loved Greg, but I just felt like, you know, he, he didn't often go higher for me than the other characters in the episode. Um, but I, I kind of feel like he should have gotten more points because I just have such a strong, positive opinion of him. I think he's so interesting. He's so funny, um, but also just cynical. But he ha- And he has flaws, but that makes him like really interesting and more realistic. And so I think he's just a great character. And I'm really happy, happy, truly happy that Greg is in the show. Like, I just love to watch what happens with him. All right, so let's move on to our top two characters of the season. If you've seen the show, you probably know who this is going to be. So at 10 points and 11 points, uh, we have our winner and our runner-up. So our runner-up with 10 points is none other than Rebecca Bunch herself. Rebecca Nora Bunch. And then uh, we'll reveal our winner, even though you probably already know, in a second. But let's start with Rebecca. Wow, okay. There is a lot to say here. So, Adam, why don't you start off on Rebecca? Lenny, I almost feel like you should be going first. You gave far more points to Rebecca than all of us. I will admit, like, from my perspective, I'm a little surprised that Rebecca is this high on the list. After everything, like, we've said about her, after the story that we've seen, after the chaos that has unfolded, I'm surprised that she is so high on this list. She got three points for me, which is admittedly quite a few, but, like, uh, she's very high on the list. Lindy, it's mainly your doing. You picked her six times. Yeah. After everything Paula did for her that she didn't ask for. Um, okay. Yes. I did, I guess, single-handedly get Rebecca this far up the list. And I, I forgot about that. I, you know what it is? Like, I, okay. I keep saying this about a lot of the characters. I just love Rebecca. Okay. Like she is so fascinating to me. She's obviously, she's the main character. And I remember I gave her truly happy point in episode one because I was, and I don't think you two did. And it was because like, she is kickstarting this journey for us. Like she is the crazy ex-girlfriend that the show's about her. Like, and I just. That's a sexist term, Lindy. (laughs) Okay, it's a lot more nuanced than that. I couldn't unmute in time to say a lot more nuanced than that. (laughs) Trying. So, I just, Rebecca, 
the ups and downs i actually i was surprised at the in the first half of the season i really didn't give her that many points and i was surprised by that because i was like i love rebecca she is so fascinating to watch but i feel like she made a lot of decisions that obviously weren't the best so that's why she didn't get a lot of points in that first half for me but then i felt like she was growing she was getting better she was trying to work on herself she actually sent josh chan away when he came over to her apartment i mean that is growth for rebecca and so i just love her i keep saying that i love her journey i um don't exactly love the very ending of this season with her when she's in the car with josh and tells him oh yeah i moved here for you now our love story can begin oh i don't like that really but overall super positive feelings about Rebecca. The show's about her. I love her. I love watching her. All of her, the funniest thing about Rebecca to me in this season is all of her money problems, how she just spends it on anything and just impulsively doesn't even think about it and then realized she was totally broke, didn't even know how much money she made from work, didn't even know how leasing her car worked. Like, that was so funny to me. So Rebecca gets so many truly happy points from me this season, and that is why. See, I think I agree with you that Rebecca is a fascinating character. Like she is a fascinating character and her journey is fascinating. But for me, fascinating does not necessarily equate to making me truly happy because her decisions so often are so bad. And so often, whenever she does make a good decision, she undercuts it almost immediately. And so that's one of the reasons why I rarely, like, between the two of you, you both of you gave her the majority of the points. I gave her, famously, one whole point the entire season. And that was the episode when she told Josh to go away. Uh, that was the episode where she finally made this declaration that she was going to change her patterns and did change her patterns. And unfortunately, a couple episodes later, she was back into some of her old patterns and things kind of went haywire. But that's why I I think Rebecca is a fascinating character. And I think over the course of the series, I think that she will get some more truly happy points for me. But at this point in her character growth, I am just too much like, worried about her and concerned about her and what are you doing Rebecca about her that's why she didn't get as many points for me but I agree that she's an interesting character a fascinating character and I enjoy watching her I don't necessarily always love watching her it's such a, a subtle difference there I'm curious uh you know we don't need to talk about this for everyone but how do you feel like Rebecca's gonna do in the future seasons on this truly happy I anticipate her being somewhat near the top but I don't ever expect her to be at the top like, I think that this will be the highest placement she gets. I'm wondering if maybe my affection for her as a character will bump her up the list more than, like, you guys would. So maybe she will be pretty high or even number one. I I'm not sure, though. I'm not going to, you know, purposefully give her a bunch of points. It's just however I feel on that episode. But I'm guessing she'll get a fair number yeah. every season. Yeah, I think she'll get a fair number. I don't, yeah. Adam, I don't know if she will ever take the number one spot necessarily, but uh, 
it's possible depending on how the spread goes for other characters. That's always the thing is like how, as, as Lindy's giving Rebecca her point every episode, how, how Adam I divide our other points is going to depend on how things go. Yeah. It was four episodes straight there at the end. I didn't do it on purpose. It just happened. Two of those I followed suit and I also picked Rebecca. So it certainly uh, makes a lot of sense. Also notably, potentially none of the guests pick Rebecca when they came on and chose a truly happy. I don't know like how interesting that is, but none of the guests picked Rebecca. And, but also uh, three out of the four guests run episodes where none of us picked Rebecca. True. And the other one, the guest agreed with you, Adam. So on that one thing and we that take one, it that one thing and that was the only thing she agreed with you on i think but still uh, that well one thing. yeah <laughs> that one thing uh is what skyrocketed <laughs> i shouldn't say skyrocketed <laughs> is what pushed over the edge ever so slightly uh who ended up in first which was quite exciting ah uh, yes now we've reached the top of our list the winner of season one truly happy truly butter award <laughs> <laughs> From one indescribable podcast. Drumroll, please. Should I add the drumroll in after? Or Absolutely, yes. Okay, okay. Thanks for that awesome I'm going to add, Adam. the drumroll is just going to be me going, but I'm going to add it in afterwards. Okay, great. Okay. great. We'll, we'll see. I drummed on my little desk. We'll see if that gets picked up. At the okay, yeah. I think we've lost a little momentum. So drumroll, oh, oh, please. <laughs> Again, I'll edit another one. Okay. <laughs> the winner is... Paula! Woo! Paula! Uh, not a huge surprise for me to see Paula at the top of this list, despite all of the uh, crazy, uh, illegal, really terrible things that she has done throughout the course of the season. I think that she has certainly provided the moments that make us the truly uh, happiest. And I will say, the thing that I love about Paula winning this list um, we've seen a couple times throughout that some of these characters, like, you know, me giving Daryl a ton of points, Lindy giving Rebecca a ton of points, uh, Todd giving White Josh a ton of points. Like, we've seen, you know, a couple of these were, like, very biased and very favored, uh, you know, towards characters that we relate to a little bit more, that we like a little bit more. Paula got a very nice split between us of three, three, and four. Uh, we all really liked Paula at, you know, different times. There were a few times that we all picked Paula, but I think that over the course of the season, uh, Paula certainly made us the happiest, and I am all for that. I think Paula's a great, uh, great winner to season one here. I agree. I mean, obviously, I love Paula. I love so many of these characters. Paula, <laughs> I gave her a lot of points early on. I just love her friendship with Rebecca, and there are just so many hilarious moments with her. And then, you know, with her and Scott throwing the rock through the window, that's a great episode. She does have a few points where I wasn't as happy with her. You know, that whole thing with Calvin. Whatever happened to Calvin? We don't know. We <laughs> um, don't care um but just her like devotion to this mission with rebecca creates some truly memorable and exciting shenanigans and paula's just awesome yeah so go ahead sorry todd please no no i i don't have a lot I, I just paula is hilarious uh donald champlin is just an amazing singer and just kills it on all of her songs i think that's the thing that, like catapulted her for me a lot just her performances are amazing again kind of like rebecca paula's a fascinating character and there's times i'm like paula what are you doing and she like but 
fixates on Rebecca's love life to the detriment of her own life at times, which I think makes her a really interesting character, a nicely flawed character. But there's just she's so hilarious, and there's so many great moments with her that it's not surprising to me that she took the number one spot. So she took the number one spot overall of us rating each individual episode. However, we have today here in this podcast are going to do something that I think uh, makes a lot of sense to do right now, as opposed to a little bit later, as we're talking about truly happy. uh, One of the things that we had talked about doing here was giving one more point, each of us having one more point to give to the character that throughout the entire season, not just one episode, not just a little snapshot throughout the entire season has made us truly happy. We can argue about whether it should be counted in towards these totals. Personally, I don't care all that much, whatever we decide. Um, But that's what we're going to do here. And so we'll see how this is. We'll see if it's sort of representative of what we had seen of our votes throughout the season. But I would like to start with Todd. So Todd, Um, who throughout season one of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend made you the happiest? This is such a tough decision. I've been thinking about it ever since we came up with the idea because it's so hard. Because like Wendy said, I do love like almost all of these characters. And I can make an argument for like at least four of them about why they were the one that made me the truly happiest over the course of this season. But I think the one I'm going to have to go with, I'm going to live up with my title of like Heather Stan. I think Heather is going to be the one who made me truly happiest over the course of the season. Greg is really close. I think if it wasn't for, if we stopped like one episode earlier, I think I could say that Greg may be the truly happiest over the course of the entire season. But that last episode really, really wrecks Greg being the one who may be happy throughout the entire season. I mean, he had some some dips here and there, working with Valencia to get information on Rebecca and all that stuff was not a great look. But Heather's one, I think more often than not, when Heather showed up, I just loved everything that was going on with Heather. And so I think that for me, Heather is the one who made me truly happy the most over the course of the season. Amazing. Uh, a choice that I will admit I was not expecting uh, to see there. So that's exciting that Heather gets uh, a little bit of a bump. That's amazing. Lindy, throughout the course of season one, who has made you the happiest? This is so difficult. And I'll tell you why. I gave so many points to Rebecca. So in my head, I think, okay, well, the obvious choice is Rebecca. But should I give my point to someone else? Because I've already given her the recognition that I believe she deserves with these truly happy points. So if it helps, the points are utterly useless. They're meaningless. Are you saying (laughs) that this doesn't matter? Uh. No, of course not. Uh, I am saying that this this should not be indicative of like throughout the season, episode by episode, what we're saying. Uh, throughout the entirety of the season, who made you the happiest? Okay. Well, in that case, I am going to choose someone who is not Rebecca. Because while Rebecca made me very happy a lot of times, I just want to show some appreciation to another character in addition to her and so the person i'm gonna choose who did make me upset at times but also made me very happy at times is greg 
Oh my goodness. Lindy, talk us through it just a little bit. How does Greg uh, throughout the entire season get your point here? I gotta be honest. I mean, Todd was talking about how she, uh, he doesn't always get into the whole shipping relationships when he watches TV, but I do. <laughs> I just love rooting for, you know, people's romances on TV. And so from the first time I watched this show, I was so invested in Greg and Rebecca because they just make sense together. I love Greg. He's got some amazing songs. I love how he's just in love with Rebecca from like the moment he sees her. He's just so into her, even when she is totally ignoring him. But that's his type. And from their date at the, uh, what was it? Was it a taco festival? Taco festival. That was a, a great date that really ended in disaster. But that wasn't his fault to the moment that I already mentioned when he says... To Rebecca, this is going to be three days of you and me just ruining each other. Like I said, I will never get over that. I <laughs> I love that scene so much. And so I feel that I wanted to give this point to Greg. Amazing. Uh, that's that's really incredible. I sort of thought that Todd was going to give it to Greg, but it, uh, it, it's, it's, it makes me very happy that you're giving it to Greg. Um, so. I suppose that leaves us with just me here. <laughs> Todd, you talked about, and Lindy mentioned this, about not uh, not being someone who ships people in shows. Boy, could I not agree with Lindy more. I am the exact opposite. I love to ship people in shows. I do yes. it constantly. That is my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for better or for worse, I love it so much. I have also very famously here... Um, been a big Daryl stan. I think that it's it's incredibly difficult for me to not give this to Daryl. I'm not going to give it to Daryl, <laughs> but it's difficult for me not to. And I think like the start of the season really sort of emphasized why I'm not giving this to Daryl. We sort of talked about it a little bit. If we like didn't have that, this would be a very easy Daryl vote for me. But instead, I am in lockstep with Lindy yet again. On this episode, because Greg by far made me the happiest this whole season. I loved basically everything about him. I think his whole backstory, his context is like super fascinating. He's a really funny character. He's a really relatable character. He had some of the best lines. He had some of the best songs. Uh, it ended tragically for him at the end of season one and it hurt my heart so much i was like in real pain when that was happening but i think that that real pain is very indicative to how i feel about him as a character and how much i am rooting for him and want the best for him so much and so i have to give this to greg for the overall who made me the truly uh who made me truly the happiest <laughs> i think that's the right <laughs> phrasing for all of season one and if we do describe points to it, which I don't think we should, but if we did hypothetically describe points to that, that would tie Greg in first with Paula, which I think is just like overall very representative of how the three of us feel about this cast in the first season. Yeah, let's see. See, now now I want to give him my point. So it theoretically gave gave him first points. But... <laughs> uh, no, Heather is a very, uh, very worthy choice, of course. So uh, that's our truly happy points. We went through the characters. We talked through season one. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I think it was like really good for us to sort of debrief, talk through the characters, talk where we think they might go. 
uh, how we sort of see them progressing throughout. And I think that when we get into season two and, you know, season three and season four, we'll sort of remember this list. We'll remember these conversations and think, oh, okay. And I'm very fascinated to see at the end of the next season where everyone stacks up versus where they are now. However, uh, we have a few more things to do this episode. We wanted to try and keep it short. Well, guess what? We're already an hour in. Uh, sorry, Lindy. Um, we did want to do uh, something else. Lindy, what else are we doing today? Uh, we are just going to talk about a little bit about our favorite songs from the season. So what we each did was picked one or two of our absolute favorites from season one, as well as one song that we think is a bit underrated. Um, so we just want to highlight these songs. I don't think we have to talk about them at length because we've already done that in each episode. But I do want us each to just name our songs and maybe give a little bit of insight as to why this is one of our absolute favorites. So we'll start with Adam's favorites. Adam, what are your favorite songs from season one? I have two that like really stood out to me. There's a couple that like we all rated really highly that we don't even really need to go through. Um, I think so, sort of my favorites here. I gave you a UTI. So good. So funny. Absolutely loved it. We were all like super high on it, a Greg song. And then I think like my favorite song of season one, dare I say this, is what'll it be? Hey, West Covina, Greg's solo number uh, near the beginning of the season, the piano man spoof. I loved it so much. And it, I think like I loved it more and more throughout the season as they kept bringing that music back to illustrate Greg's feelings in different scenes. I thought that like, not only was the song brilliant in real time when it actually happened, but the way they continued to reference it and they continued to make us feel those feelings that Greg was feeling in that scene, uh, I thought was like really powerful. So uh, what'll it be is my favorite song of season one. Awesome. Todd, what were your favorite songs? Uh, this was such a hard exercise trying to narrow it down. And initially I, I didn't pick my favorites until after you guys had built in your sheets, because I was like, wasn't going to name anything that you guys had named since I like kind of stole some of the songs to talk about for our tick, tick boom episode. <laughs> so uh, because I have so many songs, I don't have as many songs ranked at, you know, five pretzels as Adam does. No, I actually went through and looked. I gave seven songs, five pretzels. Lindy gave nine songs, five pretzels. And Adam gave 13 songs. Five pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> Adam gave twice as many songs as I did, uh, five pretzels. Uh, but even so, like, I gave seven songs, five pretzels. So it's really hard. Like, you have seven songs that you give, like, the top score. It's really hard to, to narrow them down. And so I feel like what you guys uh, have put, I wound up going with two Paula songs. Uh, the first Paula solo song and the last Paula solo song. So Face Your Fears and Everything I've Done For You. Face Your Fears I picked because it's the first big song in this series sung from someone other than Rebecca by themselves. It was like one of the moments where I remember, I remember the first time I was watching the show, I was like, okay, this moment is like indicative of why I am in love with this show. And just that song, the big gospel song, Energy, and again, Donald Enchantment does just a great job belting it out. It's hilarious. I love everything about it. And then everything I've done for you, I went on and on about it last week. You go back and listen to last week's episode to hear about why I love that song so much. But just in short, it's a great Paula moment. It's a great Sondheim pastiche. It's just an enormously powerful song that touches on a show that I love and songs that I love. And it just like hits me on multiple, multiple levels. And if I could pick another song, it probably would have been a, uh, I'm a good person. Cause I've had that song stuck in my head nonstop, like 
for most of the week for some reason. So it's one of my favorite Rebecca songs as well, because it's funny and dark and just great. So those are kind of my favorite songs. Other than I the ones that you guys started mentioning. I almost picked I'm a good person too. I was really close. To your comment about who gave the most fives. Uh yeah, I did. I did give the most fives. I love the music, of course. Um perhaps interestingly, if we look at average over the course of the season, believe it or not, mine is the lowest. <laughs> <laughs> like if something I, is zero. I'm not afraid to give extreme scores. Like I'm he'll give a five all. and he'll give a zero in the same episode. <laughs> I like, do not have that like middle score syndrome thing that, you know, when people are filling out surveys, they always go for the moderate option or whatever. Uh, I'm happy to give zeros, happy to give fives. My average is like 0.2 less than all than both of yours, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, those are great picks, Todd. Great picks. All right. So on to my favorites. I went with two songs that are just really fun. And these are some of my most played songs from the entire show. Um, I would have to look and like make a top 10 list to know where everything ranks. But these are definitely really high on my list. So the first one is I Have Friends. I have always loved that song. It's so catchy. I always sing along to it. It's really funny. It's a great song. My second song is one that Adam mentioned. Um, he kind of stole it from my list, I think. <laughs> you just wrote it on there. I wrote it <laughs> first. Stole. Uh, none of us wrote these songs. Lindy, we can like the same songs. Did I? We picked the same people for Truly Happy. We're... And you went after me, so I think we know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm just oh kidding. My I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's fine. We love Greg. We love I Gave You a UTI. It's an amazing song. It's so hilarious. It's so catchy. I listen to it on repeat. I don't, it's so weird that I love it so much because I, if someone hadn't seen the show and I was like, yeah, there's this great song called I Gave You a UTI, I would never say that because they would be so confused. But if you've heard it, you know, it is so great. So it is one of my absolute favorite songs from the whole show. Uh, so those are my favorites. And now we'll just do our our most underrated song that we personally feel should have scored higher. So or or should be more well regarded by by everyone. So, Todd, what was your pick for an underrated song of the season? See, I had problems coming up with an underrated song. I went look at all the scores and I get, apparently I'm pretty basic because almost everything I gave a high score to, you guys give a high score to. I really didn't have anything, any outliers like both of you had where like you disagreed with, with me. So I think, so I went through and the one that I scored higher than either of you by several decimal points was Dream Ghost. That was the one that I had like, I was I gave it over four points. You both gave it under four points, and so that's kind of where we are. But there's really like maybe like half a point difference between M score and my score. I think so. I have a hard time saying that it's underrated, but I think it's just one that I love the whole comedy of it. I love the whole performance. I love you know the the energy of it. So that's the one I guess in our small microcosm that I feel is a little underrated. All right, Adam. What about you? Um, I, I was between a couple of things for this. I think that Jap Battle was potentially on my list of underrated songs, or at least songs that I liked more than the pair of you, um, which was, I think, uh, a really good one. But I think my favorite, like one of my one of my top songs of the whole season was Cold Showers. The whole giant musical number, 
um i just loved it so much i thought it was just like this amazing like big fantastical type thing where they were just rocking and rolling it felt really broadway um and i was like all in on it and you guys were a little bit more down on it than at least i was uh i think it was like one of my full fives one of my many fives that i gave this season um but i really loved it i certainly like listened to it you know outside of the show um and i uh i thought it was really really good all right, and now on to my underrated song, which is so underrated, especially by you two, and that is Having a Few People Over. <laughs> if you listened to our recap of that episode, you know I laugh every time we talk about the title of the song because it, it is hilarious to me. This is so underrated. It's amazing. You cannot convince me otherwise. <laughs> it is just the perfect song for like, you're having a few people over it's just and getting ready for that and just daryl with his cheese plates and the neon lighting i absolutely love this song and uh adam gave it a 0.5 so that just goes to show you you just don't appreciate this song like i do i mean that is certainly correct <laughs> uh, that is a true statement that is a true statement that adam's not appreciate the song as you do yes i just hearken back to the 10th episode of one indescribable podcast where the word that was used to describe this song by one TV Lindy was versatile. That was the <laughs> word that was used to describe the song. And I just could never recover from that. If I could defend myself, what Please. I meant was it could be used by all sorts of different people, people, uh, not that it could be used in lots of different situations, but it could be, you could listen to it no matter who you are. If you're about to have a few people over, that song could apply to you. That's what I meant. Okay. This wasn't the worst song of the season. That is like the, the biggest compliment I can give is that I gave other songs lower scores. In fact, <laughs> I gave multiple other songs lower scores. And to like double down, I used this as the basis. I used this song as the basis for like, boy, if a song is this bad, it has to be underneath this score. So uh, <laughs> I this certainly fits in the category of you believe that it's underrated. This might sure. be our biggest disagreement. I think we are so <laughs> far apart in how we think of this song. I think there's nothing in this show that we disagree on more <laughs> yeah no, so far to clarify on this show because... yeah in this show we won't talk about other shows right now but in this show in season one i think that's the thing we disagree about the most uh yeah you gave it a four todd gave it a two which is still a little high there todd uh <laughs> i gave it a point five uh yeah all right, and those are our favorite songs and what we think are the most underrated songs. Uh, so now we've done characters and songs. And I think, Adam, you know. Is it time? I, I think it's time. I think it's time, too. Uh, for the final time of season one, let's go to Todd's Game Corner. Todd. here i am i'm stressing 
I'm uh, I'm very nervous. I feel like there is a lot of pressure. Um, not for nothing. I really blew a giant lead this season. <laughs> that is true. Yes. I kind of thought I had it in the bag, and I there were a couple episodes where I I just I think I was ghosting, and I just I, it would it turned poorly very quickly, uh, and Lindy capitalized. It's hard to it, honestly, even for me, it's hard to believe that we're at this point. Like I really thought when it was six to one mm-hmm. that there was absolutely no chance. Me and too. I thought, I, I thought we were gonna have to scrap the whole game. I thought we were gonna have to like <laughs> change everything. I was like, oh my god, this isn't interesting at all. Um, but boy, has it become interesting. And I will acknowledge yet again that yes, I was helped immensely Every by time. our amazing guest. guests yeah. who joined my team and in a few cases absolutely helped me win it. Could not have done it without them. So shout out to all of our amazing guests for that. But regardless of how it happened, we're it here. Did happen. We're tied. It happened. We it are. Happened. Uh, maybe I should offer some sort of like incentive to guests coming forward to pick my team. Yeah, like, <laughs> buy him a gift card or like take him to dinner or something. It's like bribery. And it is. No, it is. It's very much bribery. That road. Um, yeah, it's, it's bribery. Uh, I wanted to ask one quick question here before we actually started the quiz. I think as we're doing a retrospective of season one, it'd be hard to not, you know, do a little bit of a retrospective of the game portion because it was such a big part of every single one of our episodes. And so I want to ask you, Lydia, I can answer this first since I didn't even tell you I was going to be asking this question. Yeah, I wasn't prepared (laughs) for this quiz. I want to ask you, was there one quiz that like stood out to you this season that you were like, I loved this quiz? Maybe Todd can also answer this question too, coming up with it. But to me, there's one that's like so clear in my mind of like, this was like, this was like an amazing quiz that I loved a ton. How about and you go first, Adam? I can. I, think I will it. go first. I'll go first right now. Um, my favorite quiz of the whole season was the Canada quiz. I loved it <laughs> so much, not only because of the result, but I feel like I got to show off a little bit there. It was very fun. Uh, I also have to issue a correction officially on the podcast that I do have apparently more than one uh, Canadian <laughs> fan. Melissa yelled at me for not including her. I actually thought I was doing her a favor by not assuming that she was a fan of mine. But uh, <laughs> Melissa, you're amazing. Uh, you know, uh, thanks so much for being a guest. We would love to have you back on. But yes, I apparently have more than one Canadian fan. But the Canada quiz, I thought, like, really stood out to me um, as being, like, a great representation of, like, a little thing in the show turns into, like, this quiz that Todd, you know, masterfully puts together. So that, to me is like my favorite quiz of the season. Lindy, it looks like you got something. Yeah, well, I I had thought of this immediately, but I just wanted to check and see if there was anything else. But like far and away, the one that stood out to me the most was the very first quiz because that one was about Rachel Bloom and not to rub it in or anything, but I won that seven to zero. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I felt so confident about it because I love TV. I just knew a lot of those things anyway. And I was able to make educated guesses about the things I didn't know. And so I just felt so great about that quiz. It was super relevant to, you know, the show. So I, I actually had some knowledge, whereas a lot of the other quizzes, I was totally lost. Um, but I, I have enjoyed them all. Even the ones I lost badly, they were always fun. So shout out to Todd for doing this for us every week. (laughs) 
Yeah, no kidding. I mean, you know, we call it Todd's Game Corner, but good God, Todd. Uh, this is a lot of work that uh, I, it's been very much appreciated, despite how, like, terrified I am of going to this final one. <laughs> uh, Todd, is there a quiz throughout the season that has, like, stood out to you, maybe from, like, the making it side? I think, like, the one one that really stands out to me initially was the dog show one, because that's the first one where I did the, okay, I am changing things up. The first five were all just, like, trivia you know things just basic mm-hmm. trivia like you know which one of these four answers is you know is correct and i mean those were fun to come up with but also it was really hard because i was like trying to find things that neither one of you had like a super big edge over the other one in and it was like i don't know either of you well enough to have like an ex- exhaustive knowledge of your uh, interests so it was like really difficult. And with the dog show one, that's never like, okay, I'm going to do something a little like B&B inspired, a little a uh, mole patrol inspired where I'm like, I'm going to take this thing that's ludicrous and find three ludicrous examples and make it my own ludicrous example and see if you guys can figure out which one is the ludicrous example that came from my brain and not from someone else's warped brain. And coming up with that idea to do that and just all the quizzes I've done in that format is my favorite thing that I've, I've done on this. Like I, every time I come up with an idea for doing one of those, I have just a blast. Sometimes it's stressful because I have trouble coming up with really good, crazy options that are crazier than the real things. I think we ran to that with the martial arts one where like Lindy and you both, and you picked like, I think this is real because it sounds so boring compared to everything else. Like, no, that's the one I made up because I couldn't make up anything as crazy as the real things. But the other quiz that really stands up in my mind is the time Melissa was on with the beer quiz because she was in my brain so much. Melissa's just like, okay, I don't think Todd would do this because Todd wouldn't do this because of this. I think this sounds like a Todd thing. This is the thing that Todd would do. And she was just like, and even though she got one wrong because she tried to like game the system with me that way, she was still right on in her line of thinking about why that was an option. She was just wrong in thinking I made it up instead of, I picked it because I knew that she would gravitate towards it, you know, but that I think overall quiz and then the tiebreaker, of course, just that just went on forever was like, you know, famous, but no, those are the the ones that really, those are some of the ones that really stand out to me. It's all the ones I got to make stuff up for, but those are the ones that like really held a special place in my heart for different reasons. Yeah, I, you know, I'm hoping that that is the format today of stuff that you made up because I actually agree, Todd. I think those are like where it shines the best, um, and like, you know, just like your creativity gets to like show off there of things that like Lydia and I just have no clue. <laughs> so uh, it's amazing. Okay. That was just like a little trip down memory lane here of the quiz for season one. But now's the time to finish off the epic saga that has been Adam versus Lindy. So Todd, for the final time in season one, what do you have for us today? So I hate to disappoint you, Adam. This is not one of the ones where I got to make things up just because I couldn't. The problem with coming at the quiz for this one is like everything else, like I was able to take something directly from the episode we had just watched. And so I would have like a little thing like that to springboard off of and give me an idea for things to make up. This, the entire season as the the field, it was hard to like come up with like one thing to make weird things up about. So instead, I decided to do something based off of one of the things we talked about today, which was the songs. So today's quiz is going to be based a bit on the overall songs for season one, where we went through and we ranked them all. And I started thinking about, well, what about 
other rankings of them out there. So I actually looked, and there are a few lists out there, people ranking the songs. But I was like, that's a, a little weird because we don't know these authors and you don't know what their opinions are. And it'd be like really difficult to like be able to do any sort of informed guessing on what the writers of Vulture or Vox said about things, especially because some of them had like some songs like, wow, they had that, that high crazy. You would not believe how high the Vulture article had angry mad. It was like in the top 25 of the entire series. I'm just like, are you kidding me? So I started thinking about, well, let's see if I can find something that's a little bit less a uh, subjective or more objective. And so I went to a little website called Spotify. And on Spotify, the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend cast page as an artist shows the top 10 most popular songs across the whole series. And at least half of those songs are from season one. I'm not telling you exactly how many because you can possibly game the system a little bit with that. But at least five of the songs from that top 10 are from season one, which is understandable because I think season one is like the strongest overall with with the songs person. There's some great songs outside of it, but I think that's the strongest one. And some of those songs are in our top 10. I went through and looked at our weighted average of our songs of pretzels. And some of the songs from that are in our top 10, but not all of them are in our top 10. So there's songs that, you know, made the top 10 spot by over that were not in our top 10 favorite songs. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through, take turns going through our top 10 songs. And then you will uh, basically will take turns. I'll, and I will have them listen alphabetically to try and avoid any sort of bias about our scores or anything like that. So we'll go out Beckley one, one by one, and then you'll have to tell me, was this song in the Spotify top 10 across the whole series or not? And basically you'll get a point if you're correct. So it's basically amazing. Wow. How, okay. how popular this song is across <laughs> okay. all the series. You're going through things. our top 10. If, if anything in our top 10 is in the overall top 10 of the whole series, it's a yes. If it's not, it's a no. Yes. And to make it fair about who goes first, uh, why don't you both uh, send me a number in chat between 1 and 44? Because we have ranked 44 songs over the course of this season. So that's why I picked that random What are we that trying just, to... What am I trying to get? Trying, just pick a number between 1 and 44. Just a random... It's a random number. I'd use a random number generator. So pick a number between 1 and 44. And then uh, whichever one is closest... Will a uh, will go first? So I have Lindy's number. Sorry, I put and... mine in the chat. I picked seventeen. <laughs> oh, I see it. <laughs> yeah. So I have Lindy's number. I have Adam's number, and Lindy is closer because Lindy picked twenty-three, and the number the random number generator gave me was thirty-two. So Lindy, you get to go first, or actually, I was going to say you can get you get your choice. Do you want to go first, or you want to go second? That oh, the songs God. are in alphabetical order. I don't know if it makes any difference, but I just want to make this as, as like random and fair as, as possible. So there's no like bias for me saying things. So uh, do you want to go first or second? Oh my gosh. Uh, so what but, you don't realize is that I hate making decisions. Okay. So, so I'll just say you, you want, you want the thing you go first. How's okay. that? Uh, Perfect. Remove. I wanted Perfect. to go second. Ha-ha. Yeah. Ha-ha. Dang it. <laughs> All right. So as I said, I'm going to go through these alphabetic. I just have to say, this is an incredible final game. This is really good. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, the first song, Lindy, 
was the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend Season 1 theme in the top 10 songs on Spotify across the whole series. Wow. This is going to be difficult. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to say no. You are correct. It was not among the top 10 most played songs across the entire series on Spotify. Adam. We also don't know how many of our top 10 got into the top 10. Of, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I didn't tell you how many. I'd say at least half. I'll tell you that much. But I don't want to give you the exact numbers because then you could do the math of, of different things. Well, let's say at least half of the top 10 are from season one. And I didn't tell you how. I just let you know that not all of the ones in the top 10 made it into our top 10, but I'm not giving you any exact numbers about any of that. Oh, okay. So there could be songs from season one that are in the top 10 that are not in our top 10. There is at least one song from wow, the top okay, okay. 10 cool, on cool, Spotify cool. that are not in our top 10. Yes. Amazing. So, yeah. So I didn't want to give you any of the numbers because then you could maybe like do the math yeah, and figure okay. out. So, yeah. So it is like not all the songs in the Spotify top 10 are in our top 10. This is intense. Okay. So, Adam, your song is After Everything I've Done For You. Wow. I feel like we would be hard-pressed to have this song in the top 10 overall. It's such a good one. I think I have to go with no. You are correct. It is sadly not in the top 10. It's overall. a good one, though. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, good, it's, okay. it's a great one, but it's also, I, I understand why it's not. But mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, one to one. Lindy, face your fears. Oh, this is a tough one. Face your fears. This is a good song. I mean, all of these are. Obviously, they're yeah, in our top I know. 10. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. it's our top 10, so it's like really hard. To, like, oh my goodness. This is really hard. My gut feeling is yes. All right. Uh, sadly, your gut led you astray. A uh, face your fears is not in the top ten. So the window now, is open. The window is open. It's still, oh my it's still tied. I think I would have said yes to Lindy. I think I would have also said yes. Yeah, I think that was one of the ones I was most surprised about. I wonder how I much like, like farther down it is. Okay. Yeah, that's a, the sad thing is Spotify only shows the top ten because I was going to like go. I would have got oh, like really? all okay. of our things, and I was going to do like a ranking thing like we've done before, like which one was higher, or lower. But it only shows. There might be a way to see more, but from what I can find, I can only find like the top ten of that artist. So yeah, so I have no idea where it falls beyond that. All right, Adam, the next song is "Getting By." Is "Getting By" oh. in the top ten most popular songs across the whole series? it's in my top 10 <laughs> um is it in the top 10 across all of the series oh my gosh there's so much riding on all of this <laughs> so the pressure is so real oh man it's such a good song too and it has like applicability outside of the show. <sighs> okay. I just have to go with my gut here and say, yes, it is in the top 10. And with that, Adam takes the lead two to one because it yes. is indeed in the top 10. As a matter of fact, 
a uh, getting by. Oh, I had it up there. Getting by was pretty high. It was number four on the top ten overall across the whole wow. series. I don't think yeah. I, I was, I was that high, but yeah, I was surprised by how high it was. Honestly, I would have gotten that one right. I I felt strongly that that would be in the top ten. <laughs> Man, I okay, so, I was unsure. I didn't. Okay, two to one is the score here, and we have ten of these, so we still have, we yeah. still have six more. But yeah. So next up, Lindy. I gave you a UTI. Well, <laughs> Adam, you're going to have to cut out this silence. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I gave you a UTI. is such a good song. But does everyone like it as much as we do? Is it in the top 10 for the show? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to say yes. Unfortunately, no. I gave you a UTI is uh -oh. not in the top 10. Oh, this is going so badly. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, th I think that the applicability you talked about earlier about would you tell anyone that you left, I think that might uh, have, have been its downfall there. Because I agree. I, I love the song, but yeah, I'm not surprised that there aren't many people who love it out there as us. So, okay. uh, so here we are. It's two to one. I have the ability right now to clinch at least a tie in this portion of the game. So, Adam, the song is I Have Friends. Oh, Todd. Todd, Todd, Todd. Todd, 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 Todd. Here's the thing. It like should be in the top 10. It really should because it is such a good song. I just don't know. Okay. We, I remember us talking about this when we talked about the song. I don't know why I'm like talking through the song, but like when we talked about the song, we talked about how short it was and how we wish there was more. And I can't help but think that that could certainly apply to listening to something on Spotify. Are people listening to someone say, a grocery store clerk with half an island on Spotify, just like for fun. But it's such an iconic sh song within the show. My gut is telling me no, even though my heart wants to say yes. But I've listened to my gut this whole game and all 18 episodes. So I have to go with my gut and say, no, I have friends is not in the top 10, even though it should be. And Adam's gut is correct yet again. Todd, don't let out such a big sign. What are the, uh, you need to be impartial here. Um, well, I mean, cl clinching the tie this early in the game, it's like maybe a little anticlimactic. I was wanting a little bit more, you know. Well, it puts a lot of drama here on Lindy's next pick because if you exactly. miss this, it's game over. Wow. Thanks. <laughs> if you miss this next one, I win the entire series. Yeah, I was wanting a little bit more give and take. That's what I was you mean the seat. <laughs> yes <laughs> you said series so uh, let's not uh, go that far uh, it's know. gonna retire he's gonna retire after this yeah like, we're no, no more the game, game corner this. no more game corner after this well if you forfeit that means i win by default so <laughs> all right so lindy next up i'm a good person
Well, I'm not a good guesser, obviously. I have not done well in this yet. So, man. Sorry, Adam, you'll have to cut out the silence as well or leave it in to embarrass me. Okay. <laughs> um, there's I'm a good... lot on the line here. This is, you know, there's a lot going on. There's so much on the line. So and drama. drama, drama. You know, I have a gut feeling again. And while I have answered incorrectly based on that on the past couple questions, I'm still going to go with it and just say what I'm what I feel like the answer is. So I'm going to go with. Yes, this song is in the top 10. And Lindy stays alive, as it is indeed in the top 10. So oh, that one, uh, I'm a Good Person, was only number eight. I was uh, surprised how, how low it was compared to some of the other ones. Todd, you and I were both much higher on that song than Lindy was, I think. That's if true. I'm remembering correctly. Uh, I, I love so. I would. I mean, I gave it a four. Me. Let's, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think... I think, I think we both gave it five. five, so... <laughs> yeah, I, think yeah, I didn't give it a 0. 0.5, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Adam, next up... For the I'm win! The I'm the villain in my own story. There's just no way. I can't believe that this actually made it into our top ten. Uh... <sighs> You know, I think the upside of this game here being in the finale is that there was no opportunity for Todd shenanigans. Developing the list, we knew all of the things going into it. Todd wasn't coming up with wacky things to throw us off. It was just straight up our top 10 versus the established top 10. And so I think that if Todd had curated this list, there's a chance that this could have ended up on the top 10 overall. But I think I have to go with no. I'm the villain of my own story is not in the top 10 of the entire series. And Adam is correct. It is not in the top 10 of the entire series. And with that, Adam has clinched the victory. I don't know if we want to play out the rest of them or just go ahead and say that's all, folks. Wow. I would like to do the, the, the rest of them. We're if so I close. can, just really quick, Lindy, well fought throughout the season. Well fought, well played. Uh, I, like we said before, I thought I had it in the bag, like right from the start, you know, for those first couple episodes. And, you you know, you managed to bring it all the way back here to the end. Well done. Well fought. Uh, that was very fun, very enjoyable. Obviously, I'm very happy with the result. But uh, overall, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. All right, so yeah, we only have one question left apiece. So, Lindy, your next one is Settle For Me. Yes, that is in the top 10. You are correct. Settle For Me is indeed in the top 10. And it was actually number three on everything. Can I tell you what our final song is of the thing? And if I think it is, I think that You Stupid Bitch is our final song going alphabetically of the top 10. And it is certainly in the top 10 of the series. Going Just going yes. alphabetically here. Yes, it is. It's, it's You Stupid Bitch and it is in the top. Yes. Yeah. I think that's like probably my favorite song. That might be number one overall. Yeah. Number one song that none of us talk about in our favorite songs section earlier. But yeah. No, I'm saying number one in the whole series. I could easily see that being number one of the whole thing. 
I don't know if it is. I'm just I I, oh, okay. I bet it's pretty high. It is it is number two. Houston okay. Bitch is number two. Right there. Uh so, that was the end of Todd's Game Corner for season one. Oh my and, goodness. And just to put there were uh, there were exactly five songs for I said there were at least five songs from season one in the top ten. There were exactly five songs from season one in the top ten on Spotify. And only one of them was not in our top ten. For 10,000 bonus points. Yeah. Can I, I guess mean, it? <laughs> I, I would like to hear, what is your guess? What song do you think? Can I that... look through our songs? Can I look yeah. through our song list? Yeah, yeah, I will not go on Spotify, I promise. But I, yeah, I need to look at our list. Um, uh, kind of, yeah. I know so that what, I, yeah, I know so I'm not getting like, any bonus points, but. Yeah. So like, like so basically the ones that were on, in our top 10 were You Stupid Bitch was for two, Settle for Me was three, Getting By was four, and I'm a Good Person was eight. And I'll tell you, like, the other song from season one is number five. So, uh, and is one that, I was, again, like, I was very surprised that this one was on the top ten where some others weren't. But And also kind of interesting, uh, so out of the other five, two were from season two, two were from season four, and one was from season three, I believe, is how the breakdown was for the other five, the top five. So it's kind of an interesting spread there. Hmm. I'm seeing a lot of potential songs that this could be. So yeah, I know that it's hard. That, that, that this is going to be the type. The pie record is going to be based on on this uh, this song. I wasn't quite sure. I had a couple options, but I knew having you guess the name of it was going to be way too much trouble uh, because, as we can see right now, there are just too many good options. So what did you say? No, what number was this on the list? This is number five on the uh, number overall five. number five on the top ten list. With 2,485,321 listens. Well, that doesn't help, really. <laughs> I know. But I had that down for part of the tiebreaker question. So oh, my gosh. We would have had to guess that. I would have been nowhere close. There would have been, like would... been a couple of levels. That, that was going to be, like, my last-ditch tiebreaker of, like, you know, who was closest to that insane number if you guys kept tying on the other tiebreaker things. That was going to be my last-ditch thing. Uh, I have two guesses, but I am not, not confident in either of them. Uh, my first guess is like one that I'm very high on. Uh, what'll it be? Is like obviously it's like my thing in favorite. I don't think it's in the top ten, but that's like my guess. Can I give my first guess? I can also do yeah. a second one if if yeah. neither of these are right. Uh, my first guess would be I could if I wanted to. Neither one of them were in there, and like okay. I was I was expecting what'll it be? I was very surprised. Yeah. What'll it be? My second my second choice, and I, maybe it was because I was super high on this song. I think you guys like got me way down on it. Was the oh my god, I think I like you. That was like uh, in the upper echelon. It should have been in my underrated songs. If it wasn't so recently, I think it probably would have been. But that was the other one that I was between. Okay. Uh, my second guess is West Covina. So Adam got it with his second guess. It's oh my god, I think I like you is like the number five most popular song on Spotify for the craziest girlfriend cast. All right. Well, I'm not guessing anymore because clearly <laughs> Adam's going to win this. So we'll stop there for me. Anyway, so and, congratulations uh, to Adam for taking the title of season one Todd's Game Corner champion. Thank you. That was it was very thrilling. That was a very fun season. A ton of fun games. Uh, that was amazing. I do, Adam, want to say truly congratulations. <laughs> You do deserve this win. Um, it was definitely a fun competition back and forth. It was 
really great and I'm I'm glad it was so close. Like I'm I'm glad that we kept going, you know, I kept catching up and then we ended up tied and it was I'm it devastated. Was so I'm trying to speak through that, but <laughs> It was doing right to the end. I'm sure that we'll continue some iteration of this in seasons going forward. Uh, we had talked through like a couple different options. We'll see what we land on uh, come season two. Uh, we have a little bit of time to talk through that. Um, but that's really all we wanted to do here today on this season one retrospective. Um, that was a really fun conversation. I'm kind of excited to put season one to bed here and move forward. Um and I think like the stories that they're going to tell in future seasons, while they are markedly different than the stories that were told in this first season, I think they are better. And so um, I'm excited for us to kind of get through them. Yeah. Having recently like watched the, the rest of the series, I'm really looking forward to talking about some of the new characters get introduced, some of the new directions that everyone's lives go through the repercussions of the first season finale all of that stuff. I think there's going to be lots of really interesting stuff to dig into as, as we move forward uh, through Rebecca's journey. And so I think with that is where we will end things here for today. Coming up next week, the next episode here of One Describe Podcast, we have one more thing to do before we are getting into season two, and it is what we are dubbing Todd Talks. Now, we haven't talked much about what these are going to be, um, but I'm incredibly excited about it. So each of us are going to have a topic prepared that we are going to talk about. Maybe it's related to the show. Maybe it's related to the genre. Something that we feel confident enough to speak on to maybe give you some information, find something interesting, look into something with a little bit more insight than what we did before. Who knows what these are going to be. But we're calling them Todd Talks. And that's what our next episode is going to be. I am super excited about that. Uh, we haven't finalized a ton about that one yet, but it will be our next episode until finally. Uh, next year, we were going to hit uh, right back where we started with season two, episode one of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. But in the meantime, Lindy, what are you up to? Where can people find you at? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at TVLindy, T-V-L-I-N-D-Y, and at our podcast Twitter, 1CXG Podcast. That's O-N-E-C-X-G Podcast. Amazing. Todd, what are you up to? Where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at Librarian Todd because Todd Librarian was too many characters. And outside of that, you can find me in the Post Show Recaps Discord with these two uh, great people and a lot of other great people. And just talking about TV and movies and books and D&D &D and all sorts of wild and crazy stuff. Amazing. You can also find me there. I spent just way too much of my life on that Discord, but I am definitely there. Uh, the other place you can find me is on twitch.tv slash DMPhilly, where on Sunday nights we're playing City of Mist. And by the time that this episode drops, I believe that our coverage of Arcane will be over. So the Netflix show Arcane, if you haven't seen it yet, I will say one more time, go watch it. It's really, really, really good. Uh, the stories that are told there are really compelling, and me and Rich get together weekly to talk through the batches that they're releasing. We have a ton of fun there. Um, and it's just really amazing. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Pianoman Adam One. But the most important place that you can find me is right here next week at One Indescribable Podcast, where we will be doing Todd Talks. Until then, bye.